You're listening to WJMF Radio, the beat of Bryant. What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Down to the Wire. I'm your host, Brian Costa, and I've got a great episode in store for you. It is Friday, May 5th, so Cinco de Mayo here at the Koffler Center at Bryant University in the, you know, at the at the WJMF radio station. So I got some great things to talk about you with you guys tonight from the Red Sox, just on an absolute heater right now, six-game win streak. Um, also, we're going to talk about uh, Celtics game three, the give a little preview going into there. And then finally end the show off with uh, a little bit of a kind of humor and kind of have some fun with that. So we'll get, we'll get into that a little bit later, but first I want to welcome on a guest of the show. Um, I've known this kid since my freshman year at co- in college. Um, yeah, it's been a minute. So, uh, you know, I I'll keep it nice and short. I'll actually just get into it straight with the intro. Please welcome to the show, Chris Condon, Chris, glad Thank to you. have you here. Thank you so much, Brian. Um, it's an honor to finally be on the show. Uh, yeah. Been an avid listener, and um, thank you. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. So, yeah, we've known each other since freshman year. It yeah. actually, I remember how we met. It was a fantasy football league that you orchestrated and started. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. And I remember, um, you know, I I was uh living in Warren at the time, and yep. I was living with Jake and like next to Jake and Tyler, and they say like, "Hey, this Chris kid is doing a, a fantasy football league. Do you want to <laughs> join it?" And I was like. Yeah, sure, man. Let's do this. And like, I remember like we go over to Bristol and I'm I'm like not, not expecting anything. And like, I remember you come down and like, you were just all business. It was like, all right, you, you guys better be all in. I want like, let's get this thing off, yeah. off to the races. And I was yeah. like, oh, this kid's for real. I dig this kid. <laughs> so like, yeah, I remember I, I was like, this is the commissioner. I, 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 I could tell immediately. And I was like, let's, your service. I was like, let's freaking go. So um, Chris, I know you're a massive Red Sox fan, as am I. As am I. We actually worked together at the uh, Worcester yep, Red Sox yep, this past summer. Yep. <clears throat> um, you were in security, um, or well, ushering, ushering, ushering. Sorry, yeah, not security. No, no. <laughs> you weren't. You weren't uh, checking bags and like doing all that stuff. You were just oh, like kind of yeah. that friendly face around the ball. Oh thing. yeah, oh yeah. Um, yeah, I I didn't know that you were there until it was one day I was walking back to my section. And I see you. I'm like, what? <laughs> um, and. Yeah, it was. I, I enjoyed myself uh, while I was there. I mean, it was it was a good time. Uh, didn't really get much AAA action. It was good to see um, the different side of MLB that you don't see yeah. you know, on a day to day basis from the professional side. But yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, that's kind of that was my perspective on it too. I know that um, when I started, I so I actually worked for the Wu Sox Foundation yeah. this past yeah. summer. I'm actually gonna be working with them again. I don't, are you well, going back? Uh, that's up in the air right now, depending on where I land for a job. But if I if I'm in Massachusetts, then yeah, that's where I'll probably be heading in the later end days. But yeah, I'm going back there. I'm doing since I'm doing grad school in the fall. Yeah. I figured just like no place is gonna really hire me full time. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go back there, do that, and then kind of get into the grind once we get back to school. So. Good. Um, it'll be fun. I'm excited for it. Um, love those people there. So oh, it's, yeah, yeah. 100%, 100%. Uh, it, it's a great environment too. Like it's, it's so, it seems very small, but then you actually realize that there are like really big name celebrities that are, you know, either just at the games or like walking through the facilities each day. I remember, um, you know, getting involved at like, um, you know, kind of going to the uh, day of game meetings. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. going into those and they would, you know, they would just like everyone would roll in. It would seem very casual. And then, in walks Larry Lucchino, who, you know, yeah. is the owner of the team. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, holy crap, that's freaking Larry Lucchino. Like yeah. one of the pioneers behind like the 2004 Red Sox and like all those great teams. And, you know, he's just wearing khaki shorts, strolling in, having a great time. I'm like, it's, it's hard for you to not be a fanboy. Yeah. It's pretty, it's crazy. Like, especially when Chris Sale was there, you're like, you had to keep you calm. Granted he did not, but yeah. you know, we digress. And then like, I guess Coco Crisp was at a game as a scout too. Mm-hmm. Uh, fans didn't know that. I didn't know that until uh, the PA announcers announced it, on, and people started going towards him. But yeah, our staff had to be there and ready make to sure go. To block oh. off the section because he was there as a he was working. He yeah, wasn't there as a fan. He wasn't there to take autographs or anything like that. But no, he was doing his business. So. Yeah, yeah. No, it's really cool. And I mean, like there are people even outside of like sports too that have shown up there. I know that 
Um, big baby Glenn Davis was, yep, uh, yep. he was at the diner one day. They had a bunch of other people, um, come to the park too. So it's been a, it's, you know, for the, in the middle of Worcester, they get pretty big names at this place. Oh yeah. They, they, they're really trying to turn that whole entire city around and it's good to hear. It's good to see. Yeah. And, um, since being a Worcester native, it's kind of nice yeah. that they, uh, they're expanding and, the although people from here are not fond of the idea of, uh, the Pawtucket Red Sox turning into the Worcester Red Sox. It it is what it is. It's a it was a business decision, and I feel like it'll drag more traction into the city of Worcester and people away because I feel like they were due for an upgrade in the stadium. I don't know if you've been to McCoy Field yeah. or whatever it is called. Um, yeah, I went to McCoy a lot when I was younger. Actually, uh, um, I d- I went there for a couple games. I actually remember I back when I did karate, I actually did a demo there. So like that. Okay. That's a video still online somewhere. Someone can pull that thing up. But um, yeah, like I went to, uh, I I used to go there a lot. Listen, once you, I'll say this, once you were in McCoy Stadium, you had a great time. But the walk from the parking lot to McCoy Stadium, top five scariest walks I've probably ever taken in my life. (laughs) Like you you didn't know what was going to happen at any at any single moment. Once you got through the turnstiles or once you got into your car, you felt great. Every moment <laughs> in between that, you were on pins and needles, just scared for your life. Yeah, I, I, I will. I, I had been to McCoy once. Uh, it was either just before 4th of July, uh, I think a season or two before they had stopped going there. But um, I been there. I was with uh, f- close friends of mine and they invited me and um, they had press box seats oh wow now their press boxes are on field level seats mm-hmm. uh, unlike at Fenway where it's up up above and it's we were on the right on the third base side and they were playing the Yankees ironically um I don't remember if they won or not but um it was definitely an interesting thing to have for never experienced a major le- minor league park or my minor league game before, but overall, I w- I really enjoyed it, um, and I enjoyed my time this summer with the Woosox because it was a different vibe and it was a uh, more family friendly vibe than a more professional. Like they had their in between innings and mm-hmm. music and fireworks and catch on the field and yeah, yeah the you had the battle balls. Oh yeah, <laughs> with the oh, interns, yeah. I wanted to get in one of those so bad. I, the kids that I worked with, they they got a chance. Oh, to yeah, do it. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't get a shot. I wanted to get on the field to do that. I was so mad. Did you try talking to your boss to Alex? Yeah. Oh, was it Alex? Well, it, it was Alex and Sabria probably, okay. but like it, it just didn't work out. I, I I honestly wasn't there enough to yeah. probably like earn that. But uh, it was it was a ton of fun though. I really uh, I enjoyed my time with them. And yeah, like you know, going back to McCoy and all that stuff. I remember I got to see a Carl Crawford rehab start. I got to see Clay Buckled when he was like still good clay buckles not like not like 2015 2016 yeah. clay buckles i'm like talking 2013 when the guy was an all-star so that was really cool and then um you know even seeing some of the prospects come through that system i remember seeing like mookie bets triple a debut yep, yep, and he yep. went crazy in that game he had he had That's, like a triple he was going off yeah. the, i think the I think they put up like 18 runs that game. It were insane. That's that's the beauty of going to a minor league game, especially mm-hmm. like AAA where they're so close to getting uh, the majors and you get an autograph and next thing you know, the guy's a stud. The guy's a stud and you have a like $500,000 artic- yeah. um, signature Art- right there. Yeah. Um, no, it's crazy. I mean, like I know for myself, um, you know, getting to work with the Woosocks this summer, you saw that and um, you know, being in those dog meetings and talking with those people and for dog again, just answer day of game for you guys um, yeah. over there. Um, but yeah, just being in those meetings. And I remember that um, like whenever a, you know, top prospect would be coming through the system or it was a rehab start. Everyone was like, like everyone would, ba- would basically say, Hey, we need to be on our a game. Um, so like when Brian Bayo finally got to the team, a Bayo start in, in Worcester last year was like, the number one thing like on people's like radar, like if Bayo was starting, people were like, all right, like everyone needs to be in place. Everyone needs to be like, be like, you know, executing this because yeah. people are going to be at the ballpark for this. Yeah. So especially it's, for that Chris sale first game, that oh first God. rehab assignment. That, that was, was crazy. Oh my gosh. The, the, the uh, berm was packed. Like, yeah. I heard you couldn't even walk 
Jesus. there was no um same thing with the uh within the bowl like you couldn't walk anywhere because people were just even if they didn't have a seat they were just crowding the mm -hmm. area yeah um and then same thing this year was hard to walk around granted he didn't perform up to the capability that everyone wanted him to yeah but um it is what it is and he made that start and that was his only start and um people ended up leaving afterwards but i'll tell you this when he took out that tv in the dugout i remember like like i don't know if it was like the next day or at least like i think it might have been honestly the next day because i didn't hear about it until i was um i was like working something for a summer camp um at the time and i remember someone like showed me the videos like you got you gotta be kidding me and like the next time i go in the office which i think was the next day everyone was just like not talking <laughs> everyone was just quiet and i, I, I was just like Hey, so how about uh, how about how about yesterday? And, and they were like, they were like, do not say a thing, do not say a thing. Yeah. It was it was funny. Like they eventually, eventually, everyone kind of learned to love it and laugh at it. But it was really funny in that moment. But I don't know. Um, but yeah, you get over to the. You, I, I would definitely say I'm gonna be back there this summer. It's gonna be a ton of fun. I'm excited for it. Um, and yeah, I mean, you get to see the stars of the tomorrow go to make an impact with the Red Sox, yeah. and you know, to kind of get into the Red Sox, they're on an absolute tear right now. God. Six game win streak. They're playing amazing. Haven't lost in the month of May, albeit only five days in, but Hey, we'll take what we can get. Exactly, so exactly. Um, yeah, it's been a great start so far. I'll, I'll say this, Chris, I thought this was going to be a lost season and, and not, and not the fact that I'm saying that the Red Sox are world series contenders, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I still don't believe that. I still have questions as to whether they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. But I, I, I thought by this season, we were going to be seeing, you know, just like a disaster unfolding in front of us. Maybe not Oakland A's it, level, but um, yeah. It started out that way, I will admit. It started out that way to a point where they couldn't, they seemed like they couldn't pitch. And yet pitching is still a concern for them. Mm -hmm. But uh, their bullpen secret weapons have come into the fold. Yeah. Josh Winkowski has become an uh, elite threat mm -hmm. in the eighth, nine, eighth, uh, seventh or eighth inning. Um, and then our key signing in uh, Kenley Jansen has been like fantastic. Oh my God. Uh, although he has been dealing with a lot of back stiffness, I believe, mm -hmm. um, which is why he hasn't been there the past couple of games, but, uh, the offense hasn't needed him to be, um, yeah. they've been on a positive run differential and it's come to a point where you're like, wow. Um, and I'm, I myself thought. Once uh, Adam Duvall went down in the, uh, I thought that was it. I thought the, I thought yeah. I thought we were cooked at that point because he was like the heart and soul of the lineup. He yep. was when he was you know healthy. He was the hottest hitter in all of baseball. Oh yeah, he was insane to start the year, and I knew that wasn't going to last. But um, you know, a lot of people predicted that maybe he could have a similar type of year that uh, Hunter Renfro had it had for the Red Sox in 2021. And I was like, hey, if that's what we can get, I'm down for that. So I agree. But when, when he went down that, that I thought our shot, I thought our chances were absolutely just blown at that point. And I'll give it to this team. They've come together. They've been resilient and they haven't quit yet. So uh, I'll give them credit for that. You mentioned Kenley Jansen though. Um, you know, minus the back stiffness, he has turned back the clock. He looks amazing right now. I know he's only 35 years old, but he's he, pitching. He, he's pitching like he's 25. He's touching like 96 on his, mm -hmm. on his uh, cutter. And He's been just himself. Yes. Yeah. Like, I mean, so far to start the year, he's, he has six saves, a 1.04 ERA. Yeah. He's fantastic. Minus, minus that one bad outing that he blew the save from. Mm -hmm. I'll admit this. It wasn't his fault. I blame Ryan Brazier, but um, many people are on that same idea. But uh, it's good to have a closer back in Boston. I will say that. Oh, my God. I mean, like. You talk about like the golden years of like having you had, you had Jonathan Papelbon in town, then uh, twenty thirteen through sixteen when it was like Koji Mania, yep. and then you know even when you had Craig Kimbrell locking it down, and you know he was kind of up and down he, at times. He was he, up and down, but he but he, when was, he was on. It was he, a, he yeah. was electric. Oh yeah, that was. I'll admit that was a good uh, trade by Dave Dombrowski. Oh, yeah, um, that man was on fire, and I wish I really really do wish that they kept him, but I understand for. Uh, future reasons why. Um, hopefully it ends up working out. Are you talking about uh Dombrowski or Kimbrell? Dombrowski, Dombrowski. So keeping Dombrowski. Yeah, I would have preferred I, to keep Dombrowski. I would have too. Yeah. To keep the winning alive, but um, 
No, I, I understand I think, where I, the front office wanted to go. I think it's a question at this point. You should have kept Dombrowski because I mean, like, from what we can see with the guys he's drafted, I mean, Casas was a Dombrowski guy. A lot of these guys that have gotten drafted were Dombrowski guys, yep. and like, I know that like he has like the reputation of going into a franchise gutting all the prospects, and which then, he did. Yeah, which he, he did. He did. But I think like, like. I, it like, comes I, at a cost. Yeah, and I I understand that Heim Bloom was brought in to potentially um, like remedy that, but I really don't think he has. No, he he I I I've had this argument with so many people, and uh, Bloom has been on that Tampa Ray kind of style. Yeah, but the difference with Tampa Bay is they're able to fix the broken starters and we're pitching and hitters. Now we've been successful with the pit with the hitters, but pitching is where you win games. Mm-hmm. You can't be reliant on the offenses because, especially if you get cold in the offense, you're screwed. Yeah. Um, whether that's fixing Chris Sale's uh, bad start, whether it's fixing um, uh, Kluber's poor command, because mm-hmm. uh, he's been. Kluber's, Kluber's a mess. I, I don't think I don't think he's ever going to be right. He, he, that's because he lost the beard. That's why. Sure, that's that's why it is. I mean, I, I think there's a lot. <laughs> I think there's a lot more missing with him than just his beard. Yeah. To be honest with you, but um, I I think he's I think he's a basket case. I think he's toast. But um, I, I do I do wonder though. Do you think Chris Sale is done? Do you think he can get back to form? Well, he is pitching tonight, so yeah. we'll have to find out that he. I was listening just before on the radio today. Um, that there he's had two good starts and then two dumpster fires. Yeah, uh, he was back to his old form in. Um, he's starting to remind me of later stage Clay Buckles, <laughs> where yeah. and and not in terms of stuff. It's just that there's been this one quote. I think it was from Bob Costas. It was in the, uh, I think the Red Sox were facing the Astros, or I think it was the Astros at the time, and Buckles was on the mound, and they. It was either it was either sixteen or seventeen, and they're facing the Astros. And Costas said, and Costas says in uh, in response to Buckles, you know, the one thing I'll tell you about Clay Buckles, it's that he's consistently inconsistent, <laughs> and it's just you never ever know what you're going to get from him. He doesn't get on yeah. a hot streak. He doesn't get on a cold streak. It's literally he just gets out of bed in the morning, flips a coin, and says, "All right, I'm either going to be like I'm either going to be a Cy Young candidate today, or I'm just going to be a." you know, a, a dumpster fire, like you Which said. isn't what you want in a no, starting pitcher. It's horrific. But you also have to remember, the man has not pitched more than, what, uh, more than 130 innings in yeah. four years, basically, since he got that new contract. Um, it's things like that that you need to remember, that he's he's dealt with the voodoo doll stuff and... Voodoo um, doll stuff? What do you, what do you refer when, to? When, when like... Um, uh, Heim Bloom said somebody needs to get rid of find oh. uh, Chris Sale's voodoo doll from all the injuries that he's had. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I should have framed it as an injury issue, but um, he's he's coming back. He's trying to get himself back into form, which is what he did last game. He did he pitched the high the most amount of innings that he pitched at six and a two thirds, I think it was um five Ks, which. You know, is average, but not really Chris Sale average. Uh, but he's, I feel like he he has the room to be great. I feel like he can be himself this year. It's just a matter of him getting there. Yeah, I mean, the thing here's the thing with Chris Sale. It's always just been about you know, it's it's you know, the physical thing has always been a has always been a problem with him because he's six six, maybe weighs a hundred thirty pounds, soaking wet. Like, that's not going to help you out. Like, the guy needs to eat a burger. Like, he really does. But the other issue with him is that, you know, he can have all the injuries that he has, but the biggest challenge comes between his ears. And I think he's just – he's such a mess on the field sometimes. And, like – He needs to keep his cool. He can't be smashing TVs every time he gets pissed off. Yeah, he can't be smashing TVs, and he also can't be, like – going to the media after like, after like, you know, getting shelled in a bad start and saying like, this is the most embarrassed I've ever been on a baseball field in my life. I'm like, really dude, this is like, okay, like grow the hell up. Like you had worse starts than this. So like he's, he's, he needs to get off his soapbox and actually just learn how to pitch again. Yeah. I I agree with you a hundred percent. He needs, he needs to drown out the noise. He needs to more focus on throwing the ball at the 90 
six mile per hour rate that he does. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. And, and here's the thing. I'll say this too. It isn't necessarily about the velocity. It's about the movement. The movement. Cause, yeah. Cause if that movement, especially on the slider is great. Mm-hmm. He can throw that back to a slider perfectly. Slider's fine. Um, yeah. And the slider movement, I don't have an issue with it's the fastball movement. Cause you can pump 96, 98, hell, even a hundred miles an hour. But if it's flat hitters, <laughs> yeah. like the hitters are good enough now that they can pick up on that. Like, yep, yep. Uh, like you, 20 years ago, you could probably throw 100 miles an hour flat as can be. Most hitters aren't going to touch it. Yeah. The game has gotten so much better now. If you do that and there's not an ounce of movement on that, that might get hit into the second deck, Like, uh, the, lucky, which, yeah. which is crazy just because of how good these hitters are now. So he's got to just figure out how to get more movement back on his fastball and just um, remain consistent. I agree with that. Yeah, and I don't know what the Sox need to do with that, whether that's you know kind of – I don't know, not innings management, but something along those lines to where, you know, like don't let it like just try to build up a a, kind of a kind of a pattern with him, some sort of rapport and like try to keep it consistent throughout the way. I agree with. Yeah, he needs to they need to try to find that um, consistency, like you mentioned. And um, I feel like today's today's start against the Phillies, a deep Phillies lineup, granted, they're 15 and seven on the year, which isn't the great start that you want for a reigning national league. Yeah, 15 uh, and seven ain't too shabby. I mean, I mean, they, they, they are they, worse teams, they, but I mean, they started the year absolutely horrid. Oh yeah. So like the fact that they're 15 and seven after, after, after all this is pretty impressive. I agree. I like, agree. Like, cause they started the year horrible and now Bryce Harper's coming back from his, uh, from, you know, Tommy John surgery after just like, you know, like 150 days, which is remarkable. So um, I think they're about to possibly catch fire. They're in a, I think they're in okay shape. I, I will say this though. I'm watching the Sox game while we're speaking here to keep up with the live feed. Uh, Chris Sale, as we're speaking right now, has thrown back to back 98.5 mile per hour pitches, one a sinker and one a fastball. Okay. So he's got the velo. He's, he's amped up, which is something that we want, but. Again, yeah, the no. ear-to-ear thing, he could easily get that out of control. Yeah, that that that's his big issue right now. And, like, I I mean, I grew up playing baseball against a lot of kids. And, like, I'll tell you this. I was I could be a head case myself when I was playing baseball. And, I, like, I agree. And to say – and, like, like you see this on radio shows all the time where, like, sports commentators, like, they have, like – they have, like, professional athletic experience and they're trying to relate to that. I can't relate to what it's like to be Chris Sale and to perform in that moment. But no. from what I know, I, I've played against enough athletes to where – they can have all the talent in the world, but if you get to, you know, if you get in their head, you can ruin them. Yep. And that's what that's unfortunately the deal with Chris Sale. If you get in his head, you he can't just get he can't figure it out. No. So that's the big thing with him. Hopefully he can work that out. But um, you know, there are some other great points, um, some other great high points on this on the on this team as well this year. Um, you know, one I really wanted to talk about was um Masataka Yoshida. He's oh he's gosh. he is go he's going crazy right now. I mean, fourteen game hitting streak mm-hmm. as a as a rookie. Yeah, I mean, rookie, twenty seven years old or twenty. Yeah, he's twenty twenty seven. Yep. So, like, I mean, the kids, the guy's in the prime of his career. So he's oh, not yeah. he's not a baby out there. He's not a baby, but in major league terms, he is a baby because sure. he this is his first year in the majors coming from Japan. Yeah, and I mean, he had really high expectations coming over here, and you know, for the contract we gave him, people were trying to say like five years, ninety million for this guy, like. Who the hell is Masataki Yoshida? And he's proven everyone wrong right now. Um, we got to see a little taste of him in the WBC where he played, oh. where he was a hero there. Oh, yeah. And uh, now he's looking absolutely fantastic for the Sox. Um, you know, started the year kind of cold, but he's turning it on now. They, he's they hitting 317. Yeah. They, they tweaked his, they tweaked his stance. And since they did that, he went back to bed. He went, he had a two homer game in mm-hmm. Milwaukee. He's been uh, hitting doubles. All over the field, he's been just all over the place. It's been something to really keep your eye on, and especially early in the season. Yeah, I kind of I ended up seeing a thing on Twitter as to what they, at least a little bit as to what they did with the hands. So okay. for the most part, um, Yoshida's hands used to be really kind of elevated okay. above his head. Yep, yep. Um, since he's gotten hotter, they've lowered them down to where they're more at like shoulder okay. height. Okay. So they're what they're doing in that kind of a. Uh, by doing that, they're trying to shorten up his swing, take yeah, out the yeah, yeah, take yeah, out yeah. the extra motion, and just say like, "Hey, 
you're you're good enough at making contact with the ball because I think even when he was struggling, he was still making contact, but yeah. he was just hitting weak grounders. He wouldn't strike out a lot, which yeah. is great, but the contact he was just hitting the contact, getting hitting the ball right to the people. Yeah, so I think by by bringing the hands down, it's it's having him at least in from what I know, it allows him to get on the ball quicker and and then yep. you know hit the ball into gaps, get the ball in the air, and you know. Yeah. You know, the big thing now is launch angle. So yeah. that probably helps with that as well. And, you know, we're seeing that with the power numbers. 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. So he's looking great in that area. So I don't know, Chris. Do you think this team can compete for a wild card spot? As of right now, they're in the running for it. I, they, think, I think they have the final spot. Yep, they have this number six spot with the new uh, mm-hmm. way, though. The new format. Yep, with a new format. And I feel like if they keep their run up right now, not to jinx anything, but they're up one nothing on the fills, which is nice to mm-hmm. see. Um, they, I feel like if they keep it up and pitching gets better, and key guys come from like they still have James Paxton in AAA. I mean, but does J- I have to ask you? Does James Paxton even exist? <laughs> I, I, I like I, I've been hearing about James Paxton now for two goddamn years, and I haven't seen the guy. He's been, he's been, he, I know he's hurt. I know what it is, but like everyone, everyone's, say, everyone's saying like, Hey, James Paxson, he'll be back any day now. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. And they also, when? yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I honestly, I feel like they can, if they keep up their hot streak and yeah, they won't be able to win all the rest of the games in the season. That's impossible. But if they keep, they have that, they have that, um gritty mentality they have that like uh type of team that they're that type of team that doesn't give up which yeah. is always good to see and right now i feel like after what happened in boston a couple of days ago with their sports teams i feel like that's what they need i mean i uh, i was listening to uh 985 the other day at work and someone uh, some, uh, some caller got on there and he and he ended up saying uh yeah guys if you were to tell me that the team and that the that the team in Boston I would have the most faith in right now is the Boston Red Sox. You, I, you, I would think you guys would be, would be on yep. drugs. Yep. Like, yep. like it's insane. So yeah. like, I, I can't believe it either. It's uh pretty remarkable how quickly this is all uh changed, but uh, yeah, I, I think that they can get, I think they can, you know, compete, which I did not think at when Xander Bogarts left this team, when Nathan Avaldi went to Texas, I, I was like, we are absolutely screwed right now. Yeah. But I think, you have good enough pieces. And like you said, if the offense can stay this consistent, which I find hard to believe, I don't think that you can stay this hot for this long. Eventually you will hit a cold spell. It just happens to every team. Um, But yeah, like the pitching is going to have to pick it up. And I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's keeping things within house in the organization. Maybe that's going out and seeing if you could get, get a guy on the free agent market or make a trade. One guy I've seen on the free um, that, you know, hit the free agent market a couple weeks ago and, you know, there were originally talks about maybe taking a flyer on him was uh, Madison Bumgarner. I know he got DFA'd by the D-backs. And listen, he's been abs- he's been absolutely atrocious in Arizona since he's gotten there. But the guy has a World Series pedigree. He's pitched in big moments. If you're the Red Sox, would you if, – if you were the – if you were Bloom and you were the GM, would you take a shot on uh, Bumgarner or are you out on him? Yeah? He's he's just – he his heart was in San Diego. Yeah. I mean, not San Diego, San Francisco. San Francisco. Excuse me. Um, he's that's where he earned his uh, peace. Yeah, and I feel like it's hard to somebody who has had that pedigree in one place. It's hard to take that away from them. And granted, when he signed with the Diamondbacks, I thought they were they hit the they hit the moon, they hit the jackpot, jackpot. Mm-hmm. But it's it's hard to have that. And he just hasn't had that stuff. He's been having issues with, I think, his velo. I've not, I haven't read too much on Matt Bum, but I don't think it's worth that because no. we already have. We thought Kluber would be great, and he's already somewhat spiraling down. Um, we already have Chris Sale to worry about, and I don't feel like he'd be a good clubhouse person. Um. And I'd prefer to find somewhere else. And he yeah. still is, he's got 
I don't know if they keep his. They, we, they, would, they, we would. He would. Uh, it would be a veteran minimum contract. Yeah. So. So. So that's the only appeal is the fact that you know if you if you were to find a way to turn him around and get him good, yep. you'd be having him on a veteran minimum deal. Yeah. So that that was the idea of, of where it's like you know like it's you, like the Eric Cosmer deal. Yeah. Last, exactly. Yeah. Like you know like if, if it doesn't work, you can cut him and like it's like cutting just like a like a you know a random guy. I mean, if that's if that's the case, I mean, if if it's a need to need to happen basis, then yeah, I mean, I if it doesn't hurt our cap, it doesn't hurt um anything, and he's willing to work. I mean, I feel like you will have to do some work on. You're gonna have to do a lot of work yeah. on him. So I don't know that that was just a little thought that I had. But uh, Chris, before we go into NBA news, I wanted to just um you know we had talked about um at the beginning of this segment the fact that um. You know, the Red Sox, they're surprising us. I thought we thought they were going to be a lot worse. And, you know, I I said, like, you know, at least they aren't as bad as the Oakland A's, which, you know, that's a very um, low bar to to be above. But they have actually excelled um, well beyond that. But aren't um, they leading the league in hits as a team? Yeah, no. So, I mean, the Sox, they're doing fantastic. But I want to just say, like, I can't um, in terms of the Oakland A's, I feel awful for that for those fans right now. Um, like the ballpark is empty. Um, they know the team's going to Las Vegas and, you know, they're, you know, making the team absolutely horrible on purpose in order to, you know, prove that they should get out of that city. It's, it's a travesty what's happened out there. I will say yeah, that that's, it's, it's not something that you want with a fan base. It's no. something that I feel like all Boston fans for Red Sox thought that they were doing because they weren't doing anything on the off season. Um, I know I was thinking that they were trying to get up, and sell the team because of how the front office didn't want to get big players. They didn't want to sign. Well, I'm people. talking about the A's. I know. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, the A's have never signed big players. They, though. No, that, they, that's they've always played, they've always played by the money ball mentality. Yep. And listen, yep. I understand that that is a huge part of today's game. Yeah, I understand that, and I don't really like the money ball philosophy because I don't think that it's like a pure money ball team hasn't won a World Series yet. Every team now uses it in order to evaluate players in terms of war, all these other you know, I, I will, stats. I will hold you there for a second because the Moneyball theory to me, after watching the movie and reading the book, it's a little bit you. It's it's how you win in a way, but not win the end game of a championship. Yes, and I feel like it's a good way to evaluate things, like you mentioned, but it's not something that you should. Focus on like you should, low level money. Yeah, you should you should go ahead and buy. You should go ahead and sign the big league, big name people if you can. Yeah, but if uh, no, you, I, for a team like the A's, I understand it. But yeah, still the fact that they have a thirty four million dollar payroll that's absurd. Yeah, like like it's not even like oh yeah you have a ninety million dollar payroll and like you're doing what you can, but and you're ba- you're barely getting by. They're purposely the Moneyball A's of two thousand two had more money than this A's team does on their current payroll. They've gotten cheaper since that era, yeah. which is insane. That that That's not something that you want to send out to your fans. No. it's. I mean, at this point, why would you support a team like that? Yeah. Granted, like, you had the A's going to the wild card in um, 2012 all the way to 2014, I think was their yeah. last year, uh, which is great to have and see as a franchise who doesn't spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm but gets people in the trading market, gets people um, drafts. Well, that's what their MO was. They traded, they drafted really well and traded well, but when it came to their sixth year, the sixth year, that's when they didn't resign the people. Like if you look at um, uh, Marcus cinnamon, Marcus uh, Simeon. Yeah. yeah. He, when his sixth year, sixth year came up, uh, he was traded to the blue Jays. Same thing with Josh Donaldson. Same thing with Matt Chapman. So like that's a that's a pretty common thing. It's a pretty common thing. Really took out that ant there, Chris. Jesus. Oh my goodness! Wow, massacre over here. <laughs> don't don't mess with me. Nah, I don't blame you. But yeah, it's it, it's it is it's really sad to see what they've done there because I think that you know Oakland has lost everything now. So like they yeah. lost the Raiders. They're now losing the A's. It, it's just they lost the Warriors too. So like yep. it's it's a mess for them. But Oakland's becoming the new Las Vegas. Yeah, if you think about it, they lost in a way because they lost the Raiders. The Raiders went to Vegas. Now, oh yeah, you mean Vegas is becoming the new Oakland? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah. yeah, 
I, I was confused for a second. I was like, Oakland is not becoming the new Vegas. No, no. That, that is that is far <laughs> that'd from the be, case. That'd be that'd be another story. That would be another story for sure. But um, yeah, I feel bad for them. I really do really do real for those fans. I hope that you know eventually they could get something to fix that over there. But doesn't look likely right now. But no. um, Chris, I want to jump over into NBA news because um, you know I think it's actually tipped off right now. But um, the Celtics and the 76ers are you know playing in Game Three tonight. Uh, series tied one apiece. Um, game one did not go the Celtics way. They just, you know, James Harden looks like he was back in his prime, yeah. just like playing out of his mind. And, um, you know, he he went off. And then game two of the, you know, the big story was Joel Embiid's coming back. How are the Celtics going to, you know, the adapt MVP to that? MVP Joel Embiid. Exactly, yeah. No, newly minted MVP. Yeah. Like, how are the, how, you know, how are the C's going to react to that? And then they went out and they absolutely beat the crap out of them. Yep. So, and some people had said like, Hey, could Embiid coming back potentially help this team? And it looks like, yeah, it did. Cause this, the Celtics, listen, the Celtics team throughout this year, their big thing is that they play down to competition. And I don't know why they could go for the throat end a series and, you know, go out like that. But instead they decided to prolong things. They try to, you know, they don't always go for the throat, which I just have never understood with them. So Embiid comes back. I think they won like 121 to 87. So they went off. They went off and like, yeah, there was like a 30 something point differential. Yeah. So they went crazy, but there is one thing that's lacking in, in the series so far. And that's the performance of Jason Tatum game two and only 19 minutes played. I don't know why his, why his minutes were limited, but my best guess is that um, it was that he only had seven points in those 19 minutes. So, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Jason Tatum, but, Last year, I gave him I gave him a bit of a break in the finals. I was pissed at him, but I understood that he had a shoulder injury, and it was yeah. like, hey, like you know, if this is something that's lingering and is a problem for him, I can understand to where you know he can't compete and perform right now. But as of right now, I don't know of any injuries or you know things you know lingering with him or any problems. In my mind, he's completely healthy. So to have a seven point performance in this type of a series is absolutely pitiful. I mean, yeah. credit to Jalen Brown for going out there, dropping his 25 and doing what he needs to do. He's, you know, really proving that he can handle the moment. Um, he was, he even showed that last year in the finals where, you know, Tatum was hurt, you know, to my belief and not doing that well, you know, Brown's out there dropping 35 every night and looking like a stud. So, I mean, I think that he can handle the moment. Great. But, you know, at the end of the day, Jason Tatum is your star. He's the best player on the court, best player on your team. Do you think he can ever get to the point where he can take over a, a postseason game and win you a series? Because right now, I right now it doesn't look like it. It's it's hard to tell because he's so he's still in his younger prime. Yeah, I mean, um, he's still very young, and I feel like he he has the potential to do that. But I feel like the big stage might be a little bit too big for him. Lights are a little bit bright right now. Um, which is fine when you're younger. Yeah. And he's been compared to Kobe, to yeah, all these different people. These great names who are in the Hall of Fame and uh which does carry some pressure on somebody like him. Hundred percent. And coming from Duke with the Hall of Fame coach that they had and um, the it's just it's overall he's he has that potential, but he needs to stay healthy in season, and he needs to be able to hold himself accountable. Cause I think it was the other day he I don't know if he did terrible or what, but I heard on the radio that they're saying how um in his post game press conference he was saying how. He needs to do better as a uh, captain. He's not necessarily the captain, but he needs to do better and help others. But when it comes to his poor performance, he doesn't mention any of that. He just puts it aside. He doesn't take that accountability, which is something that you need as a high-end person. Yeah, He needs to take that accountability and move forward and basically say, yeah, I did terrible. I need to do better next time. We will do better next time as a team. And show that self worth. Like he needs to, like I I know uh, the big talk with Jason Jalen Brown is what's he gonna do next year? Because yeah. isn't he entering a contract year this year? Yep. Um, is he gonna get that extension? Is he gonna get that, that extension? Like, does he even want to be in Boston anymore? Yeah. Um, 
is Jason Tatum too big for him? Yeah, so that's the question. And I, I, I think I think yeah. Chris that you you beg an interesting point. The thing with me and with Jason Tatum, I've had this kind of you know internal thought for a while with Tatum, and I think that he's eventually have to gonna have to come to a crossroad and say, what type of superstar do I want to be? And you know, I'll say this, you know, it's something that Michael Jordan, you know, I'll even say for LeBron, I can, I'm, you know, a LeBron hater. I kind of not, not the biggest fan of him. I understand he's the all-time leading scorer. In my opinion, he's probably two on the all-time, like, you know, in terms of all-time players, but um, I'd still go MJ over him, but um, it's something that, um, you know, um, Kobe had, LeBron had, MJ had all these great stars. They have it. And it's the fact that they understand like, Hey, the individual accolades are great, but at the end of the, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how I perform. I, if I don't win a championship yeah. and I think that, you know, in my, Jason Tatum's mind right now, he probably sees a championship as like, Oh, like this is, this would be kind of fun. This would be like, you know, cool. But like in his mind right now, he's worried about getting all-star appearances. He's worried about getting the MVP trophies. He's not, he's worried about getting the shoe deals, all yeah. this stuff. And, you know, becoming this figure yeah. rather than the champion in yeah. his mind. A champion is just like kind of like another little check on the box instead of like the which, big ticket goal, which which at is, his age, which at yeah. his age is more than understandable. I get it. Like at, at at his point, like you know, like you know, you haven't fully experienced that type of winning yet. Like even Tom Brady, when he kind of came in the league and was younger and he won, um, he made a comment on a podcast and he said like, yeah, when I won my when I won those first three Super Bowls, he said that he made a comment about saying that you know, maybe there's more to life than this. And then the Pats didn't win a Super Bowl for 10 years. And he goes, and he goes, when I won that fourth one, I was like, oh my God, like, this is amazing. I can't ever take this for granted. So, you know, that is something that comes with age, comes with maturity. And maybe that will happen for Tatum at some point. As of right now, I don't know if he has it. And the other type of superstar that you see that going into is, you know, in my opinion, the prime example of it would be a Carmelo Anthony to where Carmelo was, in my opinion, just, really obsessed with the stats. Yep. Yep. He was obsessed with, you know, being the face of New York, yeah. dropping 62 points, being that like, you know, larger than life figure. And, you know, listen, Carmelo Anthony, he, when he was on those team USA teams, you know, played like that, um, played like he had that edge, but in the NBA, he never seemed to, you know, have that like championship aspiration that those other guys did. And I'm not saying that Carmelo's in that same stratosphere as LeBron and those guys. I'm, he's not, but at the end of the day, it's the mentality. And I don't know if Tatum is going to eventually have that Kobe-like mentality that, um, you know, he says that he has. I agree. I'm glad you made the point of Tom Brady because I feel like the whole yeah, and, Patriots method of what what what's what, what, what matters more is the next ring. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like every team should go into that mentality of it doesn't matter about the self-accolades. It matters about the team accolades, which – with don't mean to strong stray away from basketball, but football, like with um Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers has, I believe, five MB MVPs, zero four. Four MV MVPs. Uh one, Manning has five. Manning has five, okay. Um, and one championship to show for it. Uh, and he's terrible in the postseason. He's more focused on those that singular trophy than the group effort of the team. Now, granted, Green Bay didn't do anything for him in the offseason to sign people, big-name players, or draft big-name receivers. But going back to basketball, Tatum really needs to focus on not himself, but the team effort which is what I think Jalen Brown also needs to do because I feel like he's also I'm uh, traveling down that I need to be the one that helps the team win the championship. I, I, I. There's no I in team, am I right? <laughs> so There isn't win, though. That, that's true. It takes... Listen, there is that. And, like, Chris, let, let me explain this. Like, I think that Tatum is the best player on the court, I think, yes. in this series. I think that Tatum can take over this could take over this series, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen him do it yet. And listen, oh. this episode might be posted tomorrow and I'm going to look like a jackass. Like, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like he could go out there, drop 35 and, he, and like, I'm, I'm going to look like an absolute idiot here. So like, who knows how it this, happens. who knows how this game's going to happen, how this game's going to go. But in your mind, do you think this series can go, you know, seven games could go like, how far do you think this Sixers series could go? 
Because I think that if Tatum gets hot and this team figures it out, they could go and they could win in they could win in five. I, think, I give them five. Yeah. You think they could go five? I say because I, I, game I, five I, is in Boston, right? It would be, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, feel like they can win in Boston. I think the Sixers will get another one. I think we're at least. You think see, I think the, six. I think we will at least see six because you're going to be down in Philly for two. Yep. If there would be any game to do it, I would say it could be tonight. Because it's the to first, get ahead or to go ahead to okay. one. I okay. I could I could see that potentially, and I, I mean, actually, you know what? I feel like I, though I, I it feel... does it does depend on Tatum. Yeah, Tatum, like they can't be reliant on Jalen Brown. They can't be reliant on anyone. I I would I was gonna say that Philly would go ahead, but I think Boston, like going back on what I say, they feel the urgency of falling behind in yeah. series. So if any if there would be any game where um they would fall back, it would probably be in the second game down in Philly. That that's most likely yeah. where it would happen because they'd get up two one, they'd feel great about themselves, right. thinking they could stroll in and go th- up three one, and then they drop one and they lay an egg. So Which... like that that could easily happen. I think I'm gonna change my stance. If it would have if it were to happen, it would be in uh game four. That's I I'll give you that one. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's that. That's why I changed my mind. That's the one where that would happen. I feel like that could that could definitely happen. I mean, we the Celtics are definitely better than the 76ers in the regular season. Am I correct? Yes, they did. They did. They did better in the regular season against the 76ers. We're just a better like, team than them. They, I think. Yeah. I think we're deeper than them. I think we have more talent than them. Credit enough to Joel Embiid and James Harden. They're fantastic players. I just think that the Celtics are better. It's like it's like looking at the uh, Milwaukee Bucks when we played them mm-hmm. last year. If we shut down. Their main guy, granted, they didn't have their number two guy yeah. the past two times that we played them in the post in the playoffs. Um, we have a shot, sure. Which it's also just how you are mentally going mm-hmm. into the game. We don't know what the deal is with Jason Tatum. Um, I was shocked when he only put seven up, like you mentioned. That's uncharacteristic of him. Yeah. And thankfully, they pulled out the W because going down two zero to Philly would just be a, probably a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and overall, I feel like they, they, they do have a shot. I feel like if they do go, they would probably win in six, maybe seven, depending on how these next two days go. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. It, it's, we don't know. It, it, yeah. It's always a guessing game. We're going to have to see how it goes. But, um, my thoughts is this will be a six game series. I think Philly will take a game four if the, if the Celtics go up tonight, if, yep. if the Celtics lose it tonight, I think that they'll come out with a fire in game four and most likely do yeah. what they did in game two. That's just the way they play. I don't know. I don't like that. Like the fact that they play like that, but at the end of the day, you just have to know how to call it. And that's yeah. how they play. So uh, Chris, before we do go down to the wire and end things off, um, you know, tomorrow is going to be a really fun day. It's the Kentucky it's Derby. Be, and it's supposed to be nice and warm too. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. So, um, I'm I I know that I mentioned to you that we we're going to talk about the Kentucky Derby before the yep. show, and you got a little like worried, and I was like, you know, Chris, I don't know any of the horses. I'm not like ta- I'm not like I'm like we're a sports show. I'm not like I don't know that much. But, uh, me neither. But just like the day of the Kentucky Derby, the aesthetic of it, it's one of the cooler days like yeah. of the year. Um, celebrities like, come out. It's yeah, just... celebrities celebrities come out. Um, and then even here on Bryant's campus, people dress up super yep. nice and yep. fancy. Um, I know we'll probably be out derbying tomorrow. Yep. I don't know where it'll be, whether that's at PO block or whether we end up going to Finns, whatever that's... that it's at PO block. Cause I don't really want to be dropping a lot of money tomorrow at Finns. Yeah. So. The $10 cover just to get in. Yep. I'm that, like... That's, that's too much for me. And like, it's not, here's the thing. A $10 cover isn't too much for me. That's the thing. I'd it, rather it, go free 99 if I were you. Bro. What's up? I'd go, rather go the free 99 price. Oh yeah. But let me say this. It's not about it being, um, ten dollars it's a ten dollar cover at fins yeah that's the thing if it was a ten dollar cover and you know it's going to be a great club or great bar and you're gonna have a fun time yeah what at the end of the day it's 10 bucks but there it's always a shot in the dark man you don't know so unless you find out that the whole school's going there and it's going to be a packed house that's one thing but um i'm really hoping it's a po because i really don't want to have to go there no it's because Somebody made a good point at the group chat on the, our senior group chat. Like they don't want to, if you're going to stay there the whole day, fine. But if you're just planning on staying for like for a couple hour. hours, why waste your money when you, you could easily do it here where just have a good day. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's supposed it's to gonna be, be a great day. Yeah. Like it, it, I think last year, a lot of people went cause at certain points, I think there was some rain. So people okay, were, yeah. people were like, yeah, let's go like inside and like, and, and go and go yep. grab a drink, do whatever you want. But this is different. Like yeah. if it's if it's gonna be this nice out, I'd rather and I'd rather kind of end things where we started it. You know, at Bryant on yeah. campus. I think it'll be a fun day. That's, I'm excited for it. 
That I agree with you. I'm I'm thrilled to have it. It's it'll be my actually first Derby Day, so oh nice. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and it should be a good fun day overall. That's awesome, man. You uh, before we do go, you mentioned the senior group chat. Yeah. So that's the funniest thing. We have a group chat um on GroupMe with what's supposed to be the entire senior class. It's not. It's not all of them, but like it's. I would you say it's the majority. Probably, probably. I, I think I think we at least have over fifty percent by now. Probably, yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a good majority of the grade, and like you know, you would think that like sometimes it's like, hey guys, we have this event going on, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But the funnier thing about it, it's like this like other friend group. It's not it's not our friend group, but it's like this other friend group of like ten kids, yeah. and like they just have like very personal conversations in front of five hundred people. And it's so weird. It's like you're just like peering into these people's lives. And it and it's it's like it's like I'm just gonna like make up a name. Yo, Mary, like what are you doing later? And it and then like and then um you know Adrian like comes in and says, like, oh, like meet me here. Yeah, and it's, yeah, yeah. it's just it's like, like so okay. weird. It just feels like you're like it just feels like so personal. I'm like, I don't like this at it, all. It's it's you say that it's personal, but it's like it's like a family atmosphere. Yeah. Which is something that we I feel like is great to have in a senior group that we're graduating in. Yeah. I believe it this is felt, the senior group class, in my opinion, feels like the most kind of like family cl- kind of yeah. closest. Cause you know, we went through all kind of the stuff with COVID that yep. was kind of a bunch of BS. Yep. And I think all of us kind of bonded over that. And now coming out of it, I think we're in a great spot. Yeah. And, um, and at this point, like no one cares about like the groups and all this stuff. Like, uh, like everyone just wants to have a good time. Now. Yeah. That's what it is. So I'm, I'm happy about that. And it's it's nice that I was looking at the weather and knock on wood, but it looks like we're out of the uh bad, rainy, crappy weather. I wouldn't I wouldn't count I wouldn't say that just yet, man. I'm hoping, it's, I'm hoping, it's, I'm hoping. It's, it is but. New England. I've had times where I've gone to Worcester and it's fifty degrees and I'm wearing jeans in June. Yeah. And I, I'm yeah. and I'm like, what the hell is going on right yeah. now? This is a nightmare. So like don't don't get me feeling good just yet. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's always a it's always a scary time. So hopefully that ends up working itself out. But um, Chris, we are now down to the wire. So we're going to wrap up what we talked about and send you guys on your way into the weekend, into the Kentucky Derby weekend. That is Um, again, just recapping the show. It's Cinco de Mayo here at Bright University. So hope you guys are enjoying the day. Get out there. Have a fun night. Um, Be safe, obviously. Um, but yeah, we started the show off talking about, um, you know, the Red Sox on their absolutely amazing six game winning streak. Hopefully they can continue that tonight and keep yeah. things going. Um, you know, being relatively surprising this year. So I'm happy with them. We also talked about the Celtics as they get ready for game three against the Philadelphia 76ers. And we ended things off talking about the Kentucky Derby and all the festivities that go on with that. Um, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show again. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to shout out at this point? Like maybe like, you know, I'll give the mic, the floor is yours. Uh, not that I can say, but, um, just any final words, just keep on smiling. (laughs) Okay. I love to see it. All right. Well, I'll say on my end, if you guys aren't following down to the wire at this point, make sure you guys go follow us on Instagram. Um, you know, that's at down dot to the wire. And then you can find links to all our streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple, YouTube, anything that's on there. So make sure you go check us out on there. Really do appreciate all your guys' support. Um, you've been listening to WJMF 88.7 HD2 Smithfield Providence. From down to the wire, I'm Brian Costa. I'm Chris Condon. And we hope you guys have a great weekend. Take care and peace out. WJMF. Radio.